Welcome to the Reset Podcast with Kirk Elliott, PhD, where every week we integrate politics, economics, and legislation that will impact your investment portfolios and lives. In doing this, we can reset our expectations so we can invest with wisdom, discernment, and confidence. Sit back, listen, and learn as we go on the journey of navigating through the economic jungle together. Dr. Kirk Elliott is the founder of Sovereign Advisors and has a PhD in public policy and administration. Kirk is always researching the latest trends in finance and geopolitics. Let's welcome Kirk to the show. Hey, Sean, it's great to be with you today. Yes, it's always great to have you here on Mondays to give us the uh, financial insights. So I saw on Friday that Elon Musk on Twitter created a poll and said, you know, should I sell basically in response to this guy talking about capital gains tax and everything? Should I sell 10% of my shares in Tesla, which is a lot of money, by the way? Uh, you know, and I'm just going to leave it up to the people in the Twitter poll. If they say I should do it, then I'm going to do it. Do you think he's trying to crash the market? Because Tesla was down sharply today on the, when trading opened up on Monday. Uh, what's, what's your theory on this? Okay, so so my theory is, you know, I had seen the report and, and he wanted to use the money to end global hunger or whatever. Well, he's a smart enough guy. He knows that just that much isn't going to end global hunger. So what, what it really starts to boil down to, to me, is does he see something coming that he maybe wants to get rid of some of the stock and, and go into cash, right? So, and, and the reason I say that is because Warren Buffett, at Berkshire Hathaway is doing the same thing. They added another $5 billion to their cash position to put it up to like $149 billion. So, they're, so these big conglomerates like Berkshire Hathaway and, and even what Elon Musk is doing, they make money by investing money. So the fact that they're actually acquiring more cash when they're smart guys, I mean, Warren Buffett's one of the smartest investors ever. Elon Musk might be one of the smartest guys ever, right? I mean, seriously, it, he's, a, he's a brilliant guy. Um, for them to say, we're willing to not make money now by sitting in cash, which ultimately loses 13% a year due to inflation, to not lose more money later, I think that they see there's a lot of market risk by having a lot of stock. So maybe put together some kind of a poll that says, hey, what do you think? Should we do it? I don't necessarily think he was trying to crash the market. I think he's trying to actually not make money so he doesn't lose money down the road would right. be more of a better guess. Yeah, it gives him a nice excuse when people accuse him of insider trading or something on insider information. He can just say, well, no, I did it because the people on Twitter told me to. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you, you know, gotta, I, you I agree with that. You're, you're, we're talking about one of the smartest people in the world right now. And so there's there's always a method to a madness. There has to be. Right, right. When you compare it to Warren Buffett's strategy, it does start to uh, you know, seem crystal clear here that there is significant market risk. The stock market could crash at any moment. We're in the mother of all bubbles here. And if it does crash significantly, well, that's what how Warren Buffett has always made money is when things crash, he buys good companies on the cheap and, and just waits yeah. for things to get better. So uh, yeah, I, maybe that's what we should all do. What do you think about that, Kirk? Wait for the crash and then start buying some blue chips? Well, I so I think people should get out of stocks now, sell high. I mean, because the stimulus money has caused the stock market to be at an all-time high. You sell it. 
going to silver, which by the way, is up another one and a half percent plus today. It's up over 15% over the last 45 days. Ride that up at some point. Um, historically speaking, gold peaks out when the economy bottoms out after the, you know, the flight for safety, right? So, so what do we do? We go from growth in silver to growth in gold, take that and roll it into the stock market once the stock market's bottomed out. And you haven't participated in any losses there. You've actually participated in gains every step along the way. See, that's our goal as wise and prudent investors is to minimize risk and maximize our return. That's what some of these big investors are doing. They're, I think they're, they're locking in their capital at these all-time highs in, in prices and just sitting, sitting there. They're, I mean, I don't know how many of them are going into gold and silver, but, um, but they're not, they're not going to participate in the stock market risk if, if they were what I, I'm advising all of my clients to do is get out of stocks, lock in these massive high profits that you're seeing, roll it into gold because gold and silver are, are booming forward, right? And heavily allocated into silver right now. Ultimately, nothing lasts forever. Nothing lasts forever, Sean. Some point we're going to want to lock in our profits, go into the next undervalued asset class. That's how I would, that's is what I think is starting to happen with these two big moves by two of the most well-known investors on the planet. Right. And uh, yeah, some people are investing, putting crypto on the corporate balance sheet, but some companies like Palantir have just invested a record amount in gold and they claim it's because they want to prepare for a possible black swan event. Uh, and they, they analyze the, you know, the hard you know, data for the intelligence agencies. So it makes you wonder what they know when they're stocking up on gold. Well, a black swan event is technically something that nobody foresaw coming, right? At this point of the game, I'd say we just call it an event because I think everything's on the table. Everything from indictment of majorly famous people like the Clintons, for example, to a stock market crash, you know, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> October surprise to to something happening in, in the financial markets or politically. I mean... Everything's been talked about. So at this point, there's not many black swans left. They're just events that have to manifest themselves as we've got runaway inflation. Speaking of, of runaway inflation, um, we've now got runaway taxation. <laughs> so you and I have been talking about the, the horrible inflationary pressures for, for quite some time. Well, in Biden's incredibly stupid $1.8 trillion spending bill, they want to tax natural gas and propane by over 30%. Not, not a 30 cent increase, a 30% increase. I mean, talk about inflationary prices just through taxation. It's, it's just this, this unrelenting onslaught of, of higher prices heading our way right before the holiday season. And that's, that's not good moving forward. Biden's also trying to target another U.S. pipeline to shut down. And Putin is limiting uh, supply to Europe right now. So energy prices are going up there. Uh, you know, you've got rolling blackouts in different countries. China's limiting the ability for their manufacturers to even use electricity right now. So we're in an energy crisis and he's right? proposing taxing our, uh, and limiting supply. So this is not a good sign. We really have to start getting prepared uh, maybe maybe figure out uh, in our own houses, in our own homes and communities, how to get energy energy independent. Uh, and I saw Donald Trump was saying today 
that uh, Biden's plan of having a bunch of uh, wind power up, up along our coast, uh, that Trump was not a big fan of that. He said it would be devastating for uh, bird life. And uh, he mentioned uh, several downsides to wind power, and certainly one of them would be in intermittent power. The fact that uh, you know, as much as we don't really like oil and gas, it is you know that constant uh, energy supply. Whereas with wind and solar, it's only when the sun shines and the wind blows. So, uh, what are your thoughts on on that? Well, I think the animal rights movement. You know, when they when they pitch a fit about putting. Um, an oil well, like in the Arctic or something, because you have to change the migration patterns of moose or something or caribou. Have, have you you've seen the coast? I mean, good grief. How many seagulls are on the coast and all these crazy birds, you know, diving in to catch these fish? It's like you, you start putting wind power on the coast, you're going to have more dead birds than, than anything. It's just going to be madness. And so horrible idea. Just It's just a horrible idea no matter how you look at it. Right. We saw the energy crisis in Texas this past winter, and they're becoming more and more reliant on wind power. So it's not the uh, a cure-all like the Biden administration thinks it is. And I saw this right. week that ammonia prices, which you need to make fertilizer, have, have skyrocketed. So if farmers need to pay a lot more for fertilizer, then they're going to have to pass on those costs to us, the consumers of food. So, uh, you know, I was just blown away when you talked to me about how you were trying to buy a new car and you can't even find them. And when you can, they cost twice as much. And now if our food is going to cost twice as much or three times as much, uh, it's really going to send shockwaves through the real economy. Well, I mean, <laughs> so the component prices, we've been talking about commodity prices going up. You and I have for, for months now. Um, and how when manufacturers have to go back to manufacturing stuff where inventories have been depleted, it's going to be a game changer. It's going to be different. I mean, you brought up a couple of weeks ago how China cut the production of magnesium, which is used in all aluminum, right? Well, everything uses aluminum. It's like cans and, and cars and airplanes. And, and now we're talking about ammonia for, for fertilizer. It's not just the end product. You know, the, the consumer price index that's going up, it's the PPI that's going up, the producer price index, which is at the wholesale level. So when you have PPI going up and CPI going up both, you add those together. And what does that equal? A stinking a lot of inflation, Sean. That's what that equals. And really the best way that you can protect yourself and inoculate yourself from inflationary pressures is to buy things, right? Because things go up with inflation. So commodities are going up. Oil is going up. Food is going up. Well, oh, gold and silver is a thing too. Gold and silver happens to be just liquid, right? So that's how you start to protect yourself against these massive inflationary pressures that we're seeing is by, because things go up with inflation, gold and silver are a thing, right? It's just tangible assets move move forward. And it's, it's scary because it's, it's not just the in inflation that could become runaway inflation, hyperinflation, but it's this stagnant economy where people are getting either laid off, quitting, or vaccine mandates, and uh, all kinds of reasons why people are quitting and, and why, why we have high unemployment and low productivity, uh, supply chain crisis. I mean, this is the, the perfect storm of stagnation and inflation, creating stagflation, every economist nightmare. So really, it's, it's 
people who are going to benefit from this are going to be people who prepare. Is that right? Well, yeah. I mean, we're, we're seeing the late seventies, late, late seventies with stagflation. You had, you had rationing at the pump. You had not very many people working. Prices were going through the roof at the time. How do you slow down that runaway inflation with, with a slowing economy, which is stagflation by raising interest rates? If they increase the cost of borrowing to slow down inflation, we're seeing the same thing over again right now, except this time it's on steroids, right? It's, we've got so much debt unsustainable debt. We're talking about trillions of dollars of new debt. We're talking about massive amount of new taxes and people are sick and tired of, of the game. And, and it's not, it's not a game because it's impacting people's lives. I mean, you, you look at, you look at cryptocurrencies right now, Sean, um, the total market cap of cryptocurrencies has now surpassed $3 trillion for the first time ever. Four years ago, it was 500 billion. So it's now three trillion. Um, what does that tell us? Bigger like, than silver. I'm not, I'm not huge, <laughs> yeah, I'm not a huge. Bigger than all of the industrial and monetary silver in the entire world is this imaginary yeah. cryptocurrency. I mean, I'm not a huge proponent of cryptocurrency because it comes with too much risk. Some people like it. I, I particularly don't. Um, but what it tells us is people are not particularly keen on, on the markets right now. They're moving to something else. And that's what they view as something that's better than the broken financial system that we have, the overvalued stock market, the liquidity crisis in the banks. To me, that's what the, the high prices in crypto tell us is, is that people are looking elsewhere other than what's always worked in the past. And, right. and no people matter have how the same you start looking kind of at it, yeah, people have yeah. the same confidence in the financial system and in the media as they have in the Biden administration. And so with that lack of confidence, they're just looking for alternatives. But you mentioned last right. week that we're in an inflate or die scenario because the debt is so high that if they raise interest rates, uh, then the whole machine uh, crashes. So, uh, you know, this is, they don't have any tools left in their tool belt. Uh, so thank you for keeping us uh, updated here. We're going to catch up with you next Monday with the breaking financial news. Thank you, Dr. Kirk Elliott. Thank you for listening to Reset with Kirk Elliott, PhD. Every week, our goal is to increase your knowledge and help melt away any financial anxiety and stress that causes inaction. In any economy and with any presidential administration, there are things we can do to thrive and not just survive. Thanks for going on this journey with us. We look forward to our next time together on the next installment of Reset with Kirk Elliott, PhD. If you have any questions, call us at 720-605-3900 or simply email us at info at kirkelliottphd.com.